In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is a plot or storyline that is sometimes used in some science fiction television shows, like Star Trek, for instance. And it works like this. There is some sort of accident that involves maybe a storm or a piece of high-tech gadgetry. Some numbers of, the, uh, of characters are transported to an alternative universe as a result of this accident. Everything is exactly as we know it, but the people around them are somehow different. They don't say things the right way. They don't act the right way. Pretty soon, the other characters realize that something is off with our characters that we know, and the rest of the story is centered around everyone trying to get back to the universe they know, but usually also trying to get the people who traveled to our universe back to the alternate universe. With that in mind, let's use just a little bit of science fiction and dive into an alternate universe with today's gospel. An alternate Jesus has come to us. And this is what the gospel records him as saying. Alternate Jesus began to teach us that the Son of Man is having second thoughts about undergoing some sufferings because he knows he'll find it unpleasant. Alternate Jesus told those gathered around him that he was really starting to worry what people like politicians and religious leaders, even famous actors and sports stars, were thinking about him, and would they reject him? After all, maybe being killed is going just a little bit too far. Several people, including a form of Peter, applaud him and tell alternate Jesus that they were starting to worry about him, as all this talk of having to die was really undermining his mission. No one wants to hear that. They would rather hear about glory and conquest, of making their enemies beg for mercy, of being rich beyond all possible imagination, and of setting up a kingdom where they can rule with absolute power. Alternate Jesus then thanks Peter for his words of encouragement and calls to the crowd and says, Listen, do what you feel is best for you. If something is hard or difficult, ah, don't worry about it. It probably wasn't meant to be. Giving of yourself, that's so 1940s. Come on, man, this is the 2020s. We need to live for ourselves. Look after ourselves. Do whatever feels good. Sex, get as much of it as you can. Greed, well, no one's going to look after you like you can. Dishonesty, well, everyone's dishonest, so why not take your own share? My gospel is a gospel of hedonism, of debauchery, of get what you can for you alone. And by all means, forget everyone else. Besides, you only have one life to live, and you might as well enjoy it. 
Well, let's get back to the reality of this universe and our gospel for today. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Jesus is preparing his disciples for two events that are about to occur in a somewhat simultaneous manner. Jesus is getting the disciples ready for his death, an event that he knows will grieve them and shake them to the very core of their being. Jesus is preparing to be assaulted by all the forces of darkness that can be mustered against him. And those in charge, those in authority of both the religion of the Jews and of the state, will be the ones clamoring for his death. And it is they that turn the public against Jesus and hold the public within their grasp. And it is not going to be easy because our blessed Lord and Savior must die. And as he is preparing the disciples for his death, he is also preparing them and us to sacrifice our own lives also. We too are called to take up our own cross. We too are called to sacrifice our own lives to the work of both our Lord and of his gospel. The cross is an instrument of death, and it is not just any death, but it is a gory, agonizing death. Crucifixion, crucifixion is long, excruciating, and was always done in a public place where the crowds and the bypassers could see and could heckle and could make a spectacle of those condemned to die. And that is what we are indeed called to do. We are called to die. But die to what? To ourselves? To sin? To the world? Yes. And yes. And yes. In the early days of the church, many Christians indeed gave up their lives for the sake of the gospel. These are who we call the martyrs of the church. Later, once the persecutions of the church by the Roman Empire began to wane, many Christians began what was known as the white martyrdom. These people would live out their lives as monks, hermits, anchoresses, or devote themselves to lives centered around prayer, learning, scholarship, or to serve the world around them, caring little for their own needs. It was a way for Christians to literally take up their crosses without becoming a martyr. And as time has gone on, we have done two things almost without realizing it. 
we have begun to be less concerned about our own martyrdom, but we have also become less concerned about the Christian life to some extent. And some of that is because we make it in our minds to be both something that's difficult to do, but it's also something that is relatively unimportant. And all this talk of losing life to save it and taking up crosses just really isn't all that pleasant. Who wants to come to church and hear that anyways? Let's think about what dying to something looks like. In cases like this, dying means to kill something off. And that something is inside of us. It is part of us. It's both sacrificing our own desires and perhaps our own deadly habits. But it's also about planting something different. Dying means cutting off too. Like trimming a branch from a tree or a shrub. Sometimes we know that the branch is diseased and it needs to go. Other times we hate to cut it off because it's massive and it's beautiful and it provides shade in all the right places but it's also in the power lines or it's scraping the neighbor's roof and it's starting to do damage. Jesus' call is both a spiritual call and also a physical in this body call to us. We die to our self-wills so that we may seek and follow the will of Christ. And when we do this, we feed the hungry, we care for the sick, we welcome the stranger. These are real, physical things. These are things that we get our hands dirty by doing. And we do them because we love Jesus. And we know that this is what he wants us to do. And we know why he wants us to do this. Because the kingdom of heaven is here now. And it is our role to bring it to the homeless. Or to the drug addict or even to the murderer. Jesus calls us to die to sin too. We're to put away all those things that make us lose sight of not only the goodness of God, but of our own true selves. Our true nature is to be the best human we can be and not fall into the traps of sin and death. Sins both great and small that chip away at us, that batter us, bruise us, and wound us. Sins that destroy our relationship with God and with our neighbors. 
sins that cause us over time to lose sight of the cross through all the haze and the fog that obscures it from us. Jesus' call of taking up our crosses is what leads us to our true calling as believers. Forsake the trappings of this world and instead work and strive to bring justice, peace, mercy, and to be humble believers, always ready to accept the next call, always ready to accept the next person in Jesus' name. You see, the world calls us to live the opposite of the gospel, the opposite of how Jesus would have us live. This world is full of alternate Jesuses. Some of them are major influences in our world, like athletes, music superstars, actors, politicians, and even some preachers and ministers who promote the prosperity gospel and ask you to send them money so that they can buy a jet airplane. The alternate Jesus is really no one else than Satan himself. When we worry about what the powerful think of us, or even our friends and neighbors, or perhaps even our spouse or our family, and we decide not to follow Christ's call of action. We have refused to take up our cross. When we put more faith in the politics of this world and more hope in one administration versus another, we are not taking up our cross. When we feel that nudging, when we know what we should do, when we see the man begging, or we get that call to go to a far and distant land and pass it off as some harebrained idea, we are not taking up our cross. Crosses are heavy. They are burdensome. Crosses do cost us. And they are shameful. And they mark you out. But the cross, thanks be to God, is also an instrument of life. One of the mantras that we repeat during our stations of the cross service is, we adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. My friends, don't give in to an alternate Jesus that offers you a life that is not true and is not full. Do not give in to a culture that is focused on the self and not the redemption of the world. 
Don't give in to the very powers that crucified our blessed Lord. Put your faith and hope in the saving and redeeming work of Christ and strive to be instruments of that grace and work also. Live a cross-shaped life with all the grit and heartache and pain, but also with all the glory, all the power, and all the grace that we have received. Some words of Sam Paul. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. A prayer of Charles Henry Brent, Bishop of the Philippines. Lord Jesus Christ, who did stretch out thine arms of love on the hard wood of the cross, that everyone might come within the reach of thy saving embrace. So clothe us that in thy spirit we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know thee to the knowledge and love of thee for the honor of thy name. A prayer of St. Ephraim the Syrian. O Lord and Master of my life, keep from me the spirit of indifference and discouragement, lust of power and idle chatter. Instead, grant to me, your servant, the spirit of holiness, of being, humbleness of mind, patience, and love. O Lord and King, grant me the grace to be aware of my sin and not to judge my brothers. For you are blessed now and ever and forever. Amen.